welcome to Recruitment in the Modern World. In this episode, we discuss stakeholder management. What is it? Why to do it? And where are the pitfalls? With me, I am pleased to have again Anthony Haynes, Communications Director for FJ Wilson Talent Services. Hi, Anthony. Hello, Shara. Good to be here. Great to have you back again. So, starting off, what is a stakeholder? Well, in theory, a stakeholder is any party that has an interest. In other words, any party that has an influence on your organisation or is influenced by your organisation. That's in theory. In practice, even the most micro of organisations would actually have scores and scores of stakeholders if you operated on that definition. And that's not much use because you can't think about scores and scores and scores of stakeholders all the time. So in practice, um, for your management purposes, you probably have to make a selection and think about in various ways which are the most important of these stakeholders. But the definition is... Um, parties who have an influence on you or, or are influenced by you. Gotcha. And what is the point of stakeholder management? That's actually not a straightforward question at all. If you look at the history of thinking about stakeholder management, there are really two traditions. One tradition I would call the ethical, where people would say, well, stakeholder management is a good thing to do in its own right. And very often what they will do here is contrast it with shareholder management and say, it's not right, it's not good enough that companies should only think of shareholder value and they need to consider other parties as well. So often often this is tied up with a view on capitalism and a view that the profit motive itself is seen as not sufficient there's more to life than that the other tradition will say well actually if you're in a for-profit organization you'd say well actually i do want to make a profit but actually in order for us to do that effectively we need to consider our stakeholders precisely because stakeholders have an influence on us and therefore stakeholder management is one of the things you can do in order to realize your potential to make profit so those are the two extremes and then in practice an awful lot of people fall somewhere between those two extremes um somewhere in between or or sometimes connected right when you have Mm, businesses operating with sort of profit and purpose And when thinking about the hows, how does the topic of stakeholder management relate to this podcast in general? Okay, so we've called this recruitment in the modern world. And and when I was thinking about this episode, I was partly thinking that all organisations are potentially influenced by stakeholder management. And that includes companies like FJ Wilson, where uh, talent companies, recruitment companies. But I was thinking even more of the kind of organisations we work with. Our clients comprise membership bodies, uh, professional associations, awarding bodies, and so on. And uh, many of whom are not, not for profit. And they are often explicitly interested in stakeholder management. So if you look at the stuff that they say about themselves and the way they write about themselves in their documents and so on, they're often actually, they're the people that raise stakeholder management as something they're very concerned with, Um, particularly at the level of governance. So a lot of membership bodies are actually, you know, at least notionally, but often in practice, actually governed by the members or representatives of the members. And it's 
It is an area of concern for them. Um, sometimes they're, they're worried about and, and, and sometimes they've had bad experience of bringing in a recruit who's not really au fait with that kind of ethos and they don't really get the point that this organisation is actually you know, for the members but also governed by the members and then they crash around like a kind of elephant in a, in a china shop, as it were, and, <laughs> and cause chaos. Absolutely, or unable to nurture those really yeah. strategic relationships um, which are crucial to the organisation, right? Um, and so you, you touched on that in this example, but more broadly, what are the different types of stakeholders? Well, that's a complex question. And in fact, amongst the people who kind of think and write about stakeholder management, there is not just disagreement, but actually huge disagreement about how many stakeholder categories there are and what they all are and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, The way I tend to think of it in practice is I start by thinking of a kind of pipeline. So this is a a fairly linear way of thinking of things. So I would say, first of all, is your suppliers, people that supply the services or the goods or the raw materials that you need in order for your organisation to be able to function and do anything. And then in-house, the second type of group of stakeholders, the people working in-house, and that breaks down to employees and also the owners and investors, and those two might be the same group or or they might be slightly different. So there's employees, owners and investors, and arguably you could perhaps, because of some of the people working with a not-for-profit, you might put in volunteers there as well and then going further down the pipeline so coming out the other side um, not in-house anymore there's your clients and your customers who are um, adopting your your offers and then actually there's probably another group as well so the end users so the end users might be your clients and customers or it might be their clients and customers as it were i mean to take an example Uh, If you are a professional body involved in medicine or health, maybe your immediate clients are the particular occupational group that you're serving, the nurses or the physios or clinicians or whoever. But actually, they have patients and (laughs) users themselves. And so in the end, they're also your, your stakeholders. Just along that chain, right? Yeah. Now, also, that's a linear conception, but of course, that then leaves out certain things that sort of run alongside that that are very important. So there we've got the media, which includes social media. Mm -hmm. It includes the community or, or communities um the state the government at you know local and national and even even international level mm-hmm. um and the natural environment absolutely okay so we have the what is a stakeholder understanding the why we do it and the point of stakeholders how stakeholder sort of management relates to this conversation recruitment in the modern mm-hmm. world and we've unpacked a bit the types of stakeholders, though, yep. so as you've quite rightly shared, there's a lot of um, disagreement on that on the different types and categories. Changing gears slightly, yep. what are the problem areas or the pitfalls? And I know we talked about this briefly, and I believe you've identified about five key areas. Well, I think the first one is that these categories are too big. The categories I've given okay. you, you have to have those categories as a way of sort of beginning to get a grip on the <laughs> whole area. But they're just they're just too big. I mean, if you think about suppliers, for instance, the suppliers could be your electricity supplier, or they could be your recruitment agency, 
um, or they could be your software pr- provider. And these are kind of quite different things. So it's often not terribly useful to try and jump on them all together. So I think you always end up, with when you're looking at these things, having to sort of investigate the categories and break them into smaller groups. That's the first problem. And so categories, what's next on that list? I, I would focus on the suppliers. So what I'm about to say, I don't really have any statistical evidence to support what I say, but it's simply based on my observation and my experience. I think suppliers are often the forgotten group of stakeholders, or, or if not forgotten, rather neglected when, when organisations formulate their stakeholder management policies. Um, there's often a tendency to think, of suppliers just in terms of a number, the financial cost and and nothing more than that, rather than thinking about what sort of relationship you want to have with them. But actually, suppliers are hugely important. I mean, it is true that your business or your organisation is only as good as your suppliers. Um, at various times, I've had I, I've written reviews of websites for various publications, and I remember doing a review of um, certain types of oil and gas companies' websites. Mm. And in this sample, only one of them had a section on their website that was called something like "How to Sell to Us." Wow! Because having the best suppliers and making it easy for them to become your suppliers. Mm-hmm. That's actually really important. Uh, but they often, you know, you look at the websites and you think, well, I, I don't really see any evidence of that. I also learned this. I used to work in book publishing. And for a long time, I, I confess, I used to think of printers as I probably thought of them as a cost, actually. It's like, oh, we'll just <laughs> yeah. send them stuff, you know, print this for us and we agree a price. And when I got to know them better, I realized, well, look, guess what? <laughs> These printers are working for other publishers as well. And surprise, surprise. They get to know an awful lot of what's going on in the industry and they get to know it quickly because changes in industry can directly have an impact on the type of work that printers do. Mm -hmm. So I learned that actually sitting down and talking to them was rather a useful thing to do. So I think suppliers as a source of learning is a really neglected area of stakeholder management, at least in my experience. I, I definitely couldn't agree more. Um, and especially in today's context where it is all about knowing your supply chain and how we connect with suppliers and how we source and how suppliers then choose us, right? It's it's all mm. linked to sort of understanding your value chain. Um, mm. And so we've got categories as a first pitfall, thinking about suppliers as the missing or forgotten link, which I definitely agree with. And then what is your third pitfall? I think there's a problem there about community. So traditionally, by community in stakeholder management, we've really thought about um, geographical location. In other words, if you have a factory or you have an office or whatever, uh, it's the people who live and work around you. And of course, uh, they're important. And they do sometimes get neglected. I mean, I wrote a review of university websites and universities are often not very good at just explaining to local people what what we're doing and uh, or even how they benefit you know if you live in somewhere like canterbury well the university is mm-hmm. a major institution and if you've university. never been to yeah, yeah that's why i chose it actually but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, if you um if you've never especially if you've never been to university yourself it's sort of well, well what are these people doing and why why are they here and um u- university websites are often pretty hopeless at that um but the real point i wanted to make was um i think we've had to broaden our notion of community 
and think more about communities of practice. So there might be communities who we interact with, especially online and not only online, mm. who are uh, occupational networks, for example. So they're not geographically near us necessarily, but we still have to think about our relationship with them. Absolutely. And linking to that, I believe, is your fourth one, which is to do with environment. Yeah, I just want to make the distinction there between mm-hmm. the environment and the and the people who speak on behalf of the environment. Okay. And in fact, both of those are stakeholders. And the thing about the people that speak on behalf of the environment is, by definition, they are always self-appointed. I mean, the environment cannot say, actually, we'd like this group to speak on, on, on my behalf, please. Um, <clears throat> and... The danger there, of course, is that you think that what you're doing is um, considering environment as a stakeholder, but in practice, what you're actually doing is considering environmental groups or spokespeople as your stakeholders. And arguably, that is one of the causes of greenwash, where organisations talk a good game without actually doing much to improve their environmental impact, because they're, they're too focused on the sort of human representatives as i say always always self self-appointed representatives rather than thinking well what what, what's the actual impact on the environment and how do we measure that and improve it absolutely and it's something i definitely see in my day-to-day role in sustainability Mm -hmm. um so i couldn't agree more there is a clear distinction um but it's probably an easy trap to fall in right so Mm definitely need to bear that one in mind when you're mm. distinguishing between the environment and stakeholder or the yeah. environmental groups. Um, yeah. And then finally, what is the fifth problem area you have identified? Well, I mentioned end users earlier, okay. and yep. sometimes they are neglected. So I, I, I gave the example of, um, you know, if you're in a, a health um, membership body, you're Immediate users might be clinicians of some sort, but clinicians only exist because they're actually treating people and therefore the the patients of the clinicians are ultimately stakeholders of yours as well. And I think some organisations know that and some don't know it or forget it. Some are interested in that and, and, and some aren't. And thinking about, well, what sort of relationship, if any, do you want to have with the, the real end user is an important question to ask yourself. Absolutely. Kind of links back to um, s- suppliers and thinking about those forgotten areas. Yes. Um, so there we have it. The five key problem areas you've identified that we should be mindful of. Um, categories being too big, suppliers, community, environment, and then the end users. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Anthony. For listeners who'd like to unpack and learn a bit more, what's a really good resource on stakeholder management that you'd recommend? The one that I found most useful is a book called Simply Stakeholders and the subtitles okay. Theory and Practice. So it's Stakeholders Theory and Practice. And it's got two authors, um, Andrew Friedman and Samantha Miles. It's published by Oxford University Press. We're, I'll, I'll put the reference as usual into the show notes. It's... um. It's quite a big book, but it's pretty comprehensive in in so far as any book could be on this. And I think really lucidly written. It's not an effort to make sense of what they're saying. I I just think it's very well informed, makes very clear distinctions about things. Excellent. 
thank you. Much food for thought as always with some great resources to continue on the conversations. And so just before we finish up, so you are communications director of FJ Wilson Talent Services. What does yes. the company offer? Well, we offer recruitment services, not in, in a general way, in a specialist way. So the market we serve clients who are membership bodies or learning providers or awarding bodies. Mm. And we also don't cover the whole spectrum of roles. We deal with professional roles from mid-level up to senior level. A lot of the roles we deal with uh, have job titles like, um, you know, uh, head of or director of that type of job. And where can listeners go to find out a bit more? Very simple. If you go to our website, which is simply fjwilson.com. And the phone number is displayed there, but I'll, I'll give the phone number as well. It's 0203-195-3600. Thank you very much, Anthony. Thank you, Sherry. It's been a real pleasure discussing this with you. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. And please do join us for the next episode of Recruitment in the Modern World. The music for this episode comes courtesy of the composer, Harry Chalmers. Thank you.